This is the Random Nintendo Podcast. I don't even remember what episode we're on. But 37. 37 for Sunday, April 17th. I am Kevin to my virtual left. As always, Jason. Hello. Happy Easter and happy Passover. Double holiday. Double holiday. And to my virtual right, we have Angel. I am Angel. He is Angel. It's been a minute since we've done one of these. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I think this Several is the longest gap we've had. Yeah, indeed. It it's been oh, four actually, random Nintendos. Add, uh, um, I highly doubt it does. It's been four random Nintendos since we did a random Nintendo. If you need some sort of nin non ratio. Four there random Nintendo? So that's oh okay, that's that's some so two months. calculator math. So R- roughly two months. Eight times twenty four hours times sixty minutes. Yeah, 11,052. So, wait, hang on. What was the eight? Eight times 24 hours. That's just eight days. It's been two months. Weeks? Two so months. Be, oh, eight weeks. But eight oh, times wait, 24. There. Yeah, that, yeah so. exactly. It'd be eight so times, or it'd be times seven. Seven times 24, times 24 times 60. I mean, it's still several. It's 80,000. I mean, that's several. Oh, I, I thought um, you said. I thought you said it was a thousand minutes, actually. Oh no, I said several. several. Okay, I was like, I was like, <laughs> no shot, just a thousand. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, arguably, there's a better, no, better word I can use than several because I feel like several implies less than ten, like a thousands, plethora? perhaps, or tens of thousands, or oh, plethora. Yeah, a gaggle of minutes. Plethora, plethora. Same thing, oh. tomato, tomato. Anyways, did if you see that little mini Mario the other day? I think that was mini like Mario. It's like what? I guess um people are checking out that toy that you could buy at Universal Studios now from the Nintendo World shop thing. It just looks creepy. I don't know, creepy toys. I haven't seen that. Oh. Is it like I a, tried. a mini kind of Mario or? Uh, no, it's a regular Mario. I'll definitely check it out, Jason. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on March of the Mini Mario. Mario. Well, you know what I tried to check out? It, it, I tried to check one, out. It's a toy Miyamoto demoed a long time ago. You stick like a oh, the weird like it's like a kind of move. It's like posable figurine thing, kind of. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It walks on its own, and it, you can like kind of move the arms a little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, cool, but it's kind of disturbing. I don't know. It, it gives me bad vibes. I don't know. You know, I did try and check out speaking of Universal Studios when I was there for the Kirby event. We talked about a random Nintendo. I tried to see the construction of Nintendo World, um, but I didn't have a pass to the park. So you can you can see it if you're in Universal Studios and you're at the top of the escalator going down to the lower level of the park because it's like a two tier thing because it's on a hill. You can see the construction from there. I did not have a pass, yeah, but I, I still wanted to see the construction. About that. In the Nintendo or Nintendo, you you summer. mentioned it, I think, yeah. yeah. But I wanted to see where it was at, so I looked up how to see it from outside the park. And it turns out, if you come up, kind of from the valley side into the into Universal, there is a there is like an overlook kind of on the hill you're driving. Except they have since put a boarded up wall against it. So I actually we we, we like stopped the car because they had like little window slots in the cardboard where you could see, but they 
bolted them shut. Which is like, why if you're putting up not cardboard wood, but why if you're putting up a wooden wall, would you bolt? Would you take the time to put in a window, but then bolt shut the window so you can't actually open it and look through the wooden wall? Like, why carve that? But either way, so we stopped the car on this street where we're not supposed to stop. I like tried to shove a phone kind of in a gap of one of them that was a little open to get a photo, and within I kid you not, ten seconds, security was already on our on our. Uh, like car like they're already coming down the street like what are they doing and we had to like hop in and leave 10 seconds do they have like constant security cameras on just a wooden wall that's (laughs) so i guess so i don't think i've ever talked about this but i but i work in security um yes i wouldn't be surprised if this contract something in the contract stipulates that this has to be something that you are on 24 7 i Mm, would not be surprised it being nintendo the thing that's so funny to me though is you can see it from the escalator, no problem. Sure, so, but like, like, there's, if there's, there's yeah, there's not yeah. not much that you could do in that situation. That's true. But that's if true. you could stop, you know, a, a, a smart ass from sticking his phone in, adjacent, if you will. Adjacent. To be fair, I was being egged on by my girlfriend. I didn't want to do it because I'm a good Nintendo Damn. citizen and I respect Nintendo. But I'm gonna throw her under that? the bus. Wait, so was <laughs> it her idea to like? Drive she, up close I, and find one? No, no, no. I was like, I wonder if we can see it from the road. And then I like looked it up because there's like a website that literally tells you where to find it. I mean, that already and probably then, did 90% of the work there. No, but then we're driving and the wall is really high. And then she's like, well, there's like a kind of pried open little slot there. Why don't you just stick your phone through? Do and it, I Jason. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And she's do like, just it. do it. I'm like, okay, fine. So she like pulled over her car and I got out and tried. And of course the phone didn't even fit. It was too small a slot, but. And security was there. And this is a pattern. Like, I'm not just going to throw under the bus entirely, but I am. This is a pattern. When we were in Arizona, <laughs> there was... We went you, to visit Grand Canyon. Choice, so, I mean, yeah, I know. She, like, but when there was a Grand... We went to the Grand Canyon. The hole, You're right. And she didn't put a gun to my head. But when we were at the Grand Canyon in the start of the pandemic, so March 2020, there used to be a Flintstone theme park. Very small theme park. But a Flintstone theme park kind of on the way to the Grand Canyon. It has since been abandoned. And it seemed like kind of a cool, like, oh, that'd be cool, like, to see an abandoned theme park. So, and it seemed like they didn't put fencing up from what we read. So we're like, we're going to go check it out. And it was tiny, to be clear. It was like a slide. Yeah, it was a slide. That's what type of theme park it was. It was more of a playground, I guess. But it was big. It was like this huge slide and some other stuff. So we go. The front of it's been converted into, like, a laundromat and, like, a bar or something. Like, it's <laughs> like it's like a Flintstones-looking building, but it's just, like, a laundromat inside. But behind it is, like, the remnants of all these different statues and stuff. And we're like, oh, we should go check it out. And we get there, and it's all barbed-wired fenced and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we can't do this. It's completely closed. We can't go in. Um, She's like, no, 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 over there is a gap in the fence. I'm like, no, we're not. We're not. And she's like, yeah, we are. And so we, like, went, like, a few feet in. And then we kind of got a little like, oh, this is a little weird because we saw like a security camera and we saw like, it just didn't seem like the smart thing to do. So we let, we didn't do it, but we went back the next day as we were coming back to Grand Canyon just like to see if there's maybe a different place that we could get in. And when we got there overnight, they put giant yellow signs that said, no trespassing. You can be seen. Do not try it. And we're like, wait, was this because of us yesterday? So two times security has been on us. And also, again, who's monitoring an abandoned park that's now a laundromat? Like, it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, so she's a bad influence is my point. Anyway, happy Arnon. And, and, <laughs> and we have this on record. Nice. Yes, record, yeah. yes. We're bringing this yeah. up at some point. 
Yeah, I'm sure this is, yeah, and I'm sure, like, the police are going to come hunt me down now because I've just admitted to trespassing 10 feet into an abandoned Flintstones park. But well, Hopefully you at least get a fine or something. But, I, I mean, I don't hope so, but I appreciate um, that you'd like to see me giving back to our, our society. Anything? Uh, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I recently get a, I got a speeding ticket. Speed I've never gotten a speeding me. ticket. I'm not considering I, how reckless Jason drives. But yeah. I'm not that reckless at all. I mean, you, Angel, drive oh, wait, like how much is a five ticket? under the speed limit. It so, depends on your speed. This, this is the weird thing. I got I got the guy the the guy pulled me over because I don't want to say how fast I was. I, I, I was going 45 into 25, right? And literally here in Southgate, uh, if I tell you the street, Angel, you'll know exactly what street I'm talking about. But anyways, he pulled me over and then what happened? And then, you know, I was being very cordial with him. And then he he was actually trying to, like, hook me up because he goes, hey, man, I don't want to give you a speeding ticket. You're going 25 and a... You're, you're going 45 and 25. I don't want to give you a speeding ticket because it's like traffic school and all, all this stuff. 25 and a 25. Yes, I was going 20 miles over this, over the speed limit. Tisk, tisk says the trespasser over here. Yeah. And so, but, yeah, but luckily the guy, the guy, the, uh, I think he was CHP. I don't know, but, but he was very cool. He was like, I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to give you a fix it ticket. And all you have to do is remove the, the uh, Marines air freshener, the U.S. Marines air freshener, hanging from your uh, <laughs> rearview mirror. I'm like, what? I can, I can do that. Sh- I can do that right now. And then he goes, Yeah, but like, you still got to go to court for it and just prove that you did do it. So here you go. Just, just do that. Go to court. You'll be fine. No speeding ticket. Damn. What? Yeah. <laughs> how? Yeah, what? How fun. does? Yeah, how's that justified in court though? Like, what yeah, was the legal the reason speed... he couldn't? You couldn't have an air freshener. I mean, exactly. And not only that, but on the speeding ticket, it does say that I went forty-five and twenty-five. But did that guy just like lie? Did that cop just lie to he you? Might have, he might have just lied to me. He, he he's it, I don't know. I'll, Must I'll have been a boring day for him. Court. To, <laughs> That's his entertainment. It's just like I'm gonna tell him it's for one thing. Yeah. And he gets there and gets bamboozled. Yeah, that way but, you know he he's already like. Cops already have a bad rap. If if I go down this route where I tell him, "Hey, you're gonna have to pay for this for the speeding ticket," he's gonna go ballistic on me or whatever. And maybe it was just his way of like softening whatever insults might have come his way. You never know. I'll find out. I will update everybody. It's like a weird on this customer situation. service move. <laughs> it's like I feel like that's so, like a kind of bending over backwards, like retail does or something. Sometimes. So, so when I used to, when I used to be like a security officer at a, at a venue, lost mm-hmm. and found would, uh, would always come to us. And so whenever I'd get the call in the office, hi, I'm sorry. You have, have like, you guys found the lost phone, lost wallet, whatever it be. I would know what the lost and what we had in lost and found was usually because I was the one that was cataloging everything. And so I knew that if I didn't have it, I would just put them on hold and just like do something else for like two minutes <laughs> and then just come back. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, sir. We do not have your item. Unfortunately. Sorry about that. Well, knowing I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me just check the lost and found, put them on hold, start talking to my buddy, 
watch a quick video on YouTube just to make it seem like I was searching like hard for it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because, like, if you know, but you tell them instantly, they won't believe you. So exactly, and and that's happened before. Where like you didn't even check, and so my answer is like, well, I'm the person that 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 like documents the lost and found, and they're like, oh, can you just check again? And I'm like, all right, sure, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's not it's not gonna magically appear. But so game respects game with the cop, then, huh? You saw what he was doing, and you're like, I do that with other things. I got, I get you. Damn it. just realized that's exactly <laughs> what happened there. Yep. Awesome. You're literally justifying the, the weird fake ticket. Yep. Well, I mean, it well-deserved <laughs> ticket. Well, maybe not well-deserved, but deserved ticket. I was yeah. going 20 miles over the speed limit. Have you guys ever, ever gotten, like, a parking ticket? Oh, parking, yeah. Parking, yeah. Mm, surprisingly, no. It was my parents' fault, the parking ticket. I went to get lunch with them. Like, Park here. your like, fault, sure. Jason? Yes, but not that. <laughs> it's my girlfriend. <laughs> Nothing's fault. my fault ever. No, but um, the nice thing about being my – actually, no, I got one here in my apartment that was completely my fault. So never mind. I'm not going to tell the other story because I've done it myself. I've had a few by work, but – and those are the those one that haven't been expensive though, thankfully. Yeah, they're not bad. The thing that's annoying is getting used to like street cleaning days. Yeah. For whatever reason, where I used to live, they just never, they would just go around the cars. There was never like a street cleaning day. They're just like, oh, if there's a car there, whatever. But in LA proper, now that I'm in LA proper, uh, yeah, they definitely, like, you have to make sure you're on the right side of the street. And yeah, it's easy to forget. At least in the early days. So that, that's, that's kind of been my downfall. Downfall of Jason. The downfall, have, Jason. So, have either of you ever heard of a movie called Another Round? Yes. No. Go on. Yeah. So it, hold on. Hold on. Can can, oh. can I? Is it Welcome is it with Mads Mikkelsen? Yes. Okay. So we are thinking about the same movie. Okay. Go ahead. So this movie I actually saw back in December. Um, it was like I think it was like the first time I was visiting a friend's place because I just hadn't visited them like in a long time and since the pandemic. Um good buddy Eric. I know we're all familiar here with him. And uh yeah, randomly like Yeah, he's like your your twin. Doppelganger. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see uh, it. Uh it's it's a very, very, very it, it's not like uh like they look really alike. It's just very superficial. Very. It's slight enough that everyone runs with the joke. It's more of a yeah. joke that just became a thing. However, my mom sees it because they're both, you know, um, the 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 lighter skinned uh, fellows of our group, and they both just happen to wear the exact same sweater and own <laughs> jacket, the exact same not sweater, sweater like jacket. Yeah, jacket. I, I I wore so, a jacket so once. It was, and... Yeah, so like I just kind of worked with the joke, and it's like, oh my god, you guys are like identical. And then then they both, you know, I guess. Um, Eric worked for his dad. Jason, I guess, has a son, worked for his dad for 18 years. Um, whatever you what? call that. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying my employment was as son of my dad? That, that's part of your employment. I mean, your benefits included having a place to stay and food. That's and true. you have to that's go to true. school. And... and they paid for trips and entertainment and like video games and movies. Yeah, I never yeah, thought true. about it that way. We're, yeah. From birth, we're employed <laughs> to, to our yeah. parents. What a what a capitalistic American view. <laughs> yeah. From birth, you are working. Going into the workforce is no different than moving from your parents to a new parent. Yeah. 
Pretty much, yeah. That's how that's how the so. crumbles. Another round. But, yeah, and this movie, like, you know, we just started watching. I had never heard of it. Um, the only thing, I guess, though, they would recognize was Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, I'm never one hundred percent. Never hundred percent sure what his last name is exactly. I just assume I'm saying it right until corrected. But I guess I'm glad to know that it is Mikkelsen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, really strange movie. Like, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, the basic premise is that it's basically like a group of friends. You know, like take like this group. Like, you know, it's it's a Kevin, a Jason, an Angel, but we are all teachers at the same school. And one of them, like, you know, they're just, like, hanging out some Friday night, having some drinks. And then one of them is like, hey, I heard of this thing where, like, you're actually way more successful and way more productive. Like, pretty much, like, it makes your life better if you're just a little bit drunk throughout the day. Like, throughout the whole day. Just, like, maintain a very small level of, like, alcohol. Yeah, like a buzz. And I'm sure you could already guess where it kind of goes from there. You know, like, they're like, hey, you know what? Like, that seems fun. Let's try it. And, you know, they try it for, like, a few weeks. Like, you know, things first start getting better. Like, you know, Mads Mikkelsen's character. Like, you know, he's been, like, the teacher that kids are getting bored with. You know, not paying attention. But then, you know, he starts doing this experiment. You know, suddenly having more confidence, being a little more loose. And then, like, the kids are, like, all, like, into his thing. He gets way more into what he's teaching. And... It's crazy, and actually, at some point, he even starts, like, talking about, like, they all kind of, like, you know, slowly start realizing, like, hey, we're kind of becoming alcoholics until, you know, <laughs> one of them, one of the friends in the group takes it way too far and straight up becomes a full-on, like, really, like, bad alcoholic to the point where he shows up to work, like, super, super drunk, and you know what? It was in December, so I actually don't remember if that person died or if he just got fired. I want to say he died. But Spoiler alert. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. if we are <laughs> assigned work at birth, dying is getting fired in a sense. <laughs> this is true. Exactly. This is true. This is going to fold in very nicely with me talking about Severance in a little bit, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and then... Yeah, it was just like a really interesting movie. Like there, It wasn't necessarily like... Comedy wasn't... I guess it was kind of like a drama, but it was just... I guess I haven't really watched a movie like that in a long time. Not to mention a movie where, you know, we watched it in its, I was going to say its native tongue. Because, um, you know, it's... Native language? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know what language. Um, I think it's like... Mikkelsen like is native Norwegian, too, but... Norwegian, I think? I think it's, he's either Norwegian or Swedish. Yeah, one of those. Mm. Scandinavian of some sort. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, basically... Yeah, because it was all, like, in that language. So it was interesting just hearing, like, Mansa speak in a different language without it being, like, a dub. He's got a very but... husky voice when he uh, speaks in English. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that translates to, to his native tongue. But, it would be yeah. funny if, in his native language, his voice was, like, completely different. Like, you just know, like when he's, like, playing a Bond villain. Yeah, like, a Bond villain, he's like, yeah, he's like this. And then he's like, hey, guys, in, like, his normal <laughs> voice or something. Yeah, so basically, like, I would recommend this movie, um, but, you know, definitely don't watch it if you're, like, at all tired. I guarantee you, you will fall asleep. Um, because it's a very slow movie, but, I mean, I was I was engaged the whole time. I was only saying that because someone did fall asleep when we were watching it, and they were, quote-unquote, the ones that were the big Miles Mickelson fan. But, yeah. Well, I totally very get what you're movie. saying, 
you're you're saying that we should be just just teetering <laughs> on the edge of drunk while we record these podcasts. <laughs> I'm all for it. Interesting, because we are recording this at 8 a.m., so gotta start early. Do gotta start early. I'm not next round Nintendo. I'm doing just slightly drunk. Just FYI, Jason. <laughs> Um, well, I look forward to your very passionate thoughts about whatever we talk about, because I'm sure you'll be mm-hmm. ramped up to really, really have thoughts on something like, I don't know, Sonic 2 or whatever we end up covering. Which I did already watch. Took us an hour to get to that Chinese theater, but it was worth well, it. Well, yeah, it's in Hollywood, and you're well, not in that area, so that makes sense. I mean, traffic. Yeah, well, it, yeah it's kind of dumb yeah. to say, like, well, it normally takes 30 minutes without traffic, but I mean, there's always traffic. Get to Hollywood. Yeah, now that, the, now that we're in like a quote-unquote post-pandemic world, even though the pandemic's still kind of here. Uh, yeah, traffic's back and it sucks again. It's really nice for like a year. There, you can get anywhere in LA in like twenty five minutes. But yeah, not anymore. Can you get anywhere in twenty five minutes in LA? Yeah, there was a period like in like the first few months of the pandemic, like that summer, like June, like June, July, August twenty twenty. You could pretty much get anywhere in LA within half an hour because there's just oh. no one on the road. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, but awesome. you can still do to anyone who's in who's never who's in LA or wants to visit LA, go on the road at like three AM. Anywhere's twenty five minutes at three AM. Uh the only time to ever go to the to the TCL I think it's just now the TCL Grommans, right? Or something like that? Correct. Uh I believe so. Yeah. TCL yeah. Grommans? The TCL or Grommans, Grommans or whatever. Grommans yeah. TCL Theater. It, it's not the Chinese theater anymore. But I mean everybody still mm. calls it that. But the only times I ever get any showtimes, yeah. yeah, the the only times I ever get showtimes now are like nine or ten p.m. Just because I know by that time some traffic will have cleared up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember Plus going it's a to see Civil park. War like at seven p.m. with some friends. Man, was traffic unbearable. Yeah, yeah, that that, and let me guess, you went opening night, so it'd be like a Thursday, which is the worst day for traffic. Yeah, it was like uh it was either like Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's just asking for trouble. Yeah. Anyways, you were saying Sonic? Oh no, that's I don't remember why but that oh I guess I recently wait, Jason said Sonic and then I said Oh, oh I, I said if Sonic. we end up talking about Sonic or something, you'll be very passionate because you'll be butt. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'll No, not you, oh. Kevin. You're not gonna be buzzed. Kevin's gonna be butt. I so still haven't playing. even seen the first one, so Really? Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, well, so well, crazy. you know what? Then it's like an episode of Drunk History where you can just make up as you go. Well, I'm not going to be drunk. I'm just going to be on the charming side of drunk. So it'll be an uh, episode of charming, buzzed history, except the history is the Sonic movie. Premise. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, that works. Mm-hmm. I have... <laughs> Can you tell we haven't done this in two months, everyone? <laughs> Got real quiet real fast. Um, With chill. Yeah, I don't really have anything. I mean, anything I'm, to talk about. I'm just kind of glad I'm... that, like, let's have, like, like, actually, no, I take that back. I was going to say, I'm kind of glad that I have, like, a calm weekend for once, but. No, I you don't. don't. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm don't. about to see I... you, like, all day in a little bit because we're going to go see Sonic. Yeah, so. tell me about it. Um, I mean, most friends would be like, oh, cool, I'm excited to see you not groan in agony, but I'll take what I can get. Maybe he yeah. didn't like the movie, and he had already... Mm, committed. Committed. Yeah. And so he's like, man, I gotta see it. 
with Jason. But he groaned at we're hanging out all day before I even said Sonic. I think play back the tape maybe, but uh, if I'm correct, then that's at me, not the movie. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about yeah. that part. Yeah. No, 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 the movie was great. I, I See, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's well, me. that's nothing I can do there, Jason. So thank you for trying, Kevin. I appreciate you kind of logging me the softball to get out of that, and then I just totally did not hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying, like last week, um, I mean, definitely. I guess it only feels calmer just because um, last week I did the Tough Mudder. And for those of you that don't know, it comes in three flavors. A 5K, a 6K, or a 15K. And, uh, ten, and the 10K that we did, which, you know, that means nothing to me. I don't know what 10K means. Like, yeah, like, a, <laughs> like we were maybe like halfway through it when we're, I think half the people in that group, I did it with my coworkers. So, but like half the time, like, you know, we, we didn't know like what 10k was so we were like are we close is, is, it, is it like five miles is 10k like <laughs> it's probably not 10 miles it, it's 6.6 miles is what it ended up being so and there's 20 obstacles and you know i thought it was going to be you know like a like a nice decently nice obstacle course you know like a, obviously a little more extreme but mainly an obstacle course but it actually ended up being i think things took us like three to four hours to finish it and most of it was like intense hikes, like Jesus, like these hikes. I am so glad that I was hiking semi regularly for like the past like couple weekends, cause oh my god, like these things just got so steep and it just never ended. And I mean that's and that's just like the hiking part. Like my shoes literally fell apart. Like both soles of both my like exercise shoes, I like, just didn't survive, which. Yeah, it's kind of bad because I kind of need them. And there was like some pretty jagged rocks towards the end of the hike that I did get hurt on one of them. Not super oh, hurt, but that did kind of suck. Um, luckily, the shoe itself, like, I mean, I, they obviously, I obviously tossed them after. But like the sole, or at least, I don't even know, just the bottom, because there was no sole anymore. Uh, um, was thick enough, just thick enough that you could just still walk in it and it feels fine. It's like, it was like walking on something between... Um, a cheap flip-flop and a tennis shoe. It was like something between that. But, point is, um, yeah, this thing is, it lives up to its name. Um, that same friend from earlier that I mentioned, um, they had done it four times, so by the time, you know, I did it and I brought it up to them, they were like downplaying the heck out of it. You know, pretty much saying like, oh, you're doing the, what, the tough walker? Like, you know, pretty much... <laughs> Like, it's not even it... clever. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> I was I was like I wasn't like chortling to the to the joke. It, it was more like, oh, I come on, dude, don't do that to somebody who hasn't done this before. Yeah, no, I and, no, and, but and, even and that, if you're gonna it, like, do it, at least it. be clever. Is what I'm saying. Like that's such like a you know what I mean. Yeah, and I get it. Like you know, if you've done it many times, like it's probably not going to be like as intimidating. But you know, I haven't done it, so it was intimidating. And I think it lived up to its name very much. And yeah, like the, so essentially like there were a couple of obstacles in particular, like, you know, I'm not going to talk about all 20, but there's a few that I'll highlight, Um, you know, besides the extremely steep hikes, both in both directions, there was a lot of sliding down very steep, like, I guess, not cliffs, just like sides of mountains. 
Where? Do they give you like handles like up the cliffs? No. No. Nothing. Jesus. Yeah. So Wait, you're, at how do you go about that, sliding? At any point, you have to use your your like hands to like climb. Uh, not to climb up those hills, but definitely to go down because those things were super steep. Like you, pre- you practically want to go sitting down, but then you inevitably, pretty much, like, no matter what you do, you're gonna start sliding, and then it's just more of like a, oh man, what's the best way to stop myself so I don't go down too fast? Jesus. Um, but yeah, but I will say that like while they are tough, a lot of them do fall in the they're scarier than they look, though they. But I mean, they are so pretty scary, so. It's just not like, oh man, I thought I was gonna. It's not. I'm thought I was gonna die. Although there is one that does make you do that. But when you go through, okay, that wasn't that bad. Honestly, my model throughout the whole thing was don't think about it. Like there were so many times where, like, one of the first obstacles that we thought was gonna be one of the last was called the Arctic Anima, where you lift to. Okay. You, you go into a, a little. You go into a slide and it dip. It dunks you into a pool of ice cold water with ice in it. It literally just has like filled with ice cubes and it's about maybe three feet long so it's not that long you pretty much like dive in and then you want to get out as fast as possible and you know as i like climbing up the triangle to like basically sit down to slide in like i made sure not to dwell on it i'm just like don't think about it just go in and you know within like a second i just like did the slide got out extreme pain for a couple seconds because oh my god that was really cold obviously and yeah, I had to do that for a lot of them because there's a lot of situations where it's heights or where you, and you just have to just go. Like, just don't think about it. And, you know, I survived. I'm definitely glad I, I made it through. But man, these are, these are intense. But the one that I feel was probably the worst or that I would say is the worst is one that I, I don't even know what to call it. I guess I'll call it the, the Lion King. Um, because you basically have to climb up a ladder that, yeah, imagine a ladder leaning towards you. So, you know, the higher you climb, the more horizontal you are to the ground, but you know, you're going up higher and there's like no cushion below you. It's just like a thin rubber mat that is not going to do anything. So... Yeah, that thing was kind of horrifying because you have to go up pretty high and then you have to like essentially like, you know, reach around and pretty much when you let go, like when you stop holding that bar with your legs, you're pretty much dangling and it's like, you know, you're pretty much in that Mufasa position. And luckily, you know, we had like some awesome coworkers that like went up there first and were able like to help us out because this is like a cooperative activity. Like you are encouraged to, you know, wait for your teammates. Oh, that's cool. Out. So like we, like I said, like I went with like a group of like eight people and yeah and we were all like helping each other we were encouraging each other it was fun it was like you know you it's kind of hard to top that bonding experience um yeah it was definitely yeah (laughs) just a really good bonding experience but um yeah that one was that one was terrifying that one i thought i was gonna die especially because you know when the co-worker has you they're literally the only thing that that's keeping you from like falling to your doom, so that was definitely appreciated. But I'm um, falling to your firing, yeah. And I guess like the only other one I really want to bring up is like this one called the mutter mutterhorn, that is like a really 
really tall wall. And yeah, that thing, um, the higher it's, it, well, I guess it's not a wall. It's like part of it is a wall. You have to run, jump up and run towards the wall and then climb it. But then as soon as you climb the top, there's like netting that goes up maybe 30, 40 feet. Um, some crazy amount. It looks like it's like three stories tall. And you're pretty much climbing up this netting. But you can see below you the whole time. So, you know, you see how far you're climbing. And then you have to like, you know, pick yourself and go over it and then climb back down. And yeah, that thing is really hard to do. Like, it really messes with you. And, you know, but but I did it. Definitely proud of that. But nice. well, that's, that's kind of a lot of these. Like, they tell you, like, yeah, you are going to be, you know, facing a lot of, I guess, fears. A lot of things that people may, you know, normally never want to do on a on a regular basis. But I assume you have to sign a waiver. You do sign a waiver. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean... And we have some people in our group that, like, didn't even prep or do anything for it. And, you know, they did it. Like, you could skip some obstacles. I mean, there was one where you literally get tased. Um, what? Well, why? What? <laughs> what is that proving? What What uh, are you? Why? I probably should have, like, mentioned that that was a thing. That one, I think that was called electroshock therapy. There's actually two of them. There's one where you... There's a lot of crawling. There's, like, a lot of obstacles where you have to, like, crawl under something. Sometimes I crawl under something while in water. No, see, or, that makes sense. Mud is in the name. Mudder. There is no tase in the name. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. Um, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this um tase thing. Um, Pretty much it's just like a straight shot. There's a bunch of dangling wires. And, you know, you have to make your way through. And, yeah, it's almost impossible not to get through without, like, getting shocked. And... Most people just run through it. They just take the hits. Uh, I think, like, we saw one person, like, buckle their knees and fall over. Um, but for the most part, most people made it out fine. Um, I just, like, tried to take my time and shimmy through. And I only got shocked once at the very end. And it was on my shoulder. And it just felt like someone, like, slapped me abruptly on, the, on my shoulder. So it was pretty surprising. But it didn't hurt. It was very, uh, I mean, it was shocking, I guess. Trying to find a different word to say, but it's kind of what it was. It was just startling. It was more startling than painful. But, you know, there were some people that weren't as lucky that, you know, may, may disagree. I mean, there was like another one where you have to like crawl under like a metal grating that has those the same dangling cables that I was able to get through that without getting shocked at because I made sure to stay low and just follow the path that looked low enough. But right next to me, a friend of mine, you just keep hearing the and, you know, owls every once in a while. Why would you choose to put yourself through that? I don't understand. I mean, I'm sure for someone, it's like, this is like you. It's like, oh, this is what an experience, what an opportunity, what a risk I can take for myself and personal growth, physical growth. I'm just hearing that. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I feel sorry for people that that don't want to do that. If they physically can't, if they physically can't, then yeah, that's understandable. But I feel this is something that everyone should at least attempt. Because, I don't know, it's it's cool just like, (laughs) It's just cool, like, learning that, like, a lot of these limits are just psychological. Like, there was a lot of these that, like, when I heard about them, like, the, you know, that Arctic enema or even the shocking one that I'm like, like, oh, I don't want to do those. But then you do them and, I don't know, it just feels feels really, really good. Like, I don't think I felt that, like, because, you know, like, we go through, like, 
there aren't many times that I could think of where I've overcome some kind of like physical challenge or something that's like just more mental. Like I don't think I've really, you know, I think the closest thing I could think of is getting on a roller coaster that looks intimidating and then just coming out of it going like, damn, that was really fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just cool, like getting like a version. Of, I don't know, just pushing those limits and and obviously yeah, they're I, not going to do. That. They're not going to make you do anything that's going to like get you killed. I mean. Maybe some of them can if you're not being careful, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was great. I mean, I already signed my I already signed up for the one in December, um, to give an idea. And my brother actually also signed up for it. Like he's gonna want to do it. And you know, the hiking definitely helped. Um, so like my legs weren't too bad after, but I basically did no upper body training. And like I mentioned, there's a lot of climbing, and my arms were like noodles by the end of it. And I was in a lot of sore pain after. Like, I definitely should have. And I've been going to the gym for, like, a few weeks now. But I hadn't done any arm workout. So now I know to do that. Because, yeah, by the end, I couldn't. I had zero grip strength. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do the monkey bars. Like, I just fell into the water and just had to, like, swim across. Just to, like, finish. But, yeah. Fun, different experience. Not something I would do so back to back to back. But, you know. Seven months from now, I don't mind doing it again. And props to you for doing it. Like I know, I was like, no, no, but seriously, like to 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 push yourself and then to want to push yourself again like that, like that's and to kind of shore up and know what you need to do to do it better and to train for, like that takes a lot. So props it's to cool, you. Because I was thinking, I was like, Jason could totally do this. Yeah, <laughs> it would just no, you 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 definitely can. I probably could. Yeah. Do I want you to? You can, so but yeah, you just wouldn't want to. That that's, that's yeah, it. yeah, but. Yeah. You know, well, maybe one day, maybe three years from now, maybe something will will switch. Maybe this is the the beer of post college Jason. I but that was directly socks, in front of me. So all the time. I don't think I'd do it. Yeah. Wait, what? I hate what? wet socks, so I don't think that I would do it. See, that's a good no. excuse right there. I can get behind that. I hate that as well, but you know, it's just one of those things. I had, I guess, because I signed up for it like three weeks before. I normally hate getting wet. I hate getting wet, and I hate getting dirty. And just having that time just to mentally be ready, like, you know what? It's just going to happen. Just don't think about it. Like, literally the first obstacle was, like, diving into a pool of mud and crawling through, like, a grate. And it kind of peels that band-aid right out. Like, as soon as like, you just get dirty, it sucks. I like, think mud I'm, I'm easier it, with, but, but uh, not water. But because, like, you're also, but because you're also, like, hiking a ton... You know, like, you dry off pretty quickly, and then you get wet again. Then you get dried off. Then you get wet again. I don't know how I did not get sick at all. Yeah, like, yeah, that sounds like a recipe. Especially after the Arctic enema. Yeah, like, yeah. luckily, yeah, none of us got sick. Like, I mostly, yeah, like I said, it just kind of hurt to move and sleep and get in and out of chairs. But, you know, like, three <laughs> days later, like, I was fine. I was able to go back to the gym. But, yeah, you know, it, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, you need to do it, but... If the opportunity represents itself, I would say consider it because, you know, it, it's cool. Or maybe like do, honestly, if you could find one that's just like just the obstacles without like the getting wet part, maybe like instead of falling into a pool from really high up, you fall into like a a pool of foam or like, you know, and, like one of those places where it's like a trampoline, ain't trampoline something, uh, Sky City, I forget what they're called. Yeah, I don't know, that could be fun as well. So less tough mudder, more tough jungle gym. Is what you're kind of pitching here? <laughs> yeah, extreme jungle gym. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yep, yep. But yeah, that's a tough mutter. I mean, more than I have to say. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll only end with, like, yeah, one of the quotes that they told us is, like, just remember, like, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And, you know, that kind of stuck with me because those experiences are few and far between. I think the last time I had something for the first time was two weeks before that when I had last Lussy. And I know I posted about it in the chat. Lossy? Lossy? You mean the drink? Yeah, because I was like, like, what is this yogurt? Yeah, it's like mango yogurt drink, and it was, like, amazing. And I'm like, how did I not know this thing was a thing? It was pretty much, like, gourmet animals. (laughs) I'm sure the entirety of Indian culture appreciates that they were just compared to... Their signature smoothie was just compared to animals. Animals is good. I mean, uh, that's just me. I like animals. I haven't had it in years, but... Do you still make animals? Yeah, they still make it, yeah. I've seen it. Really? Yeah, they still make it. Oh. It's usually next to the Go-Gurt wow. in the yogurt section. Good for them, man. Good for them. Yeah. Also, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure when Tough Mudder was like, What's the la- when's the last time you tried something for the first time? They didn't mean two weeks prior when you had a smoothie. I think they meant like in life, like bigger. Because you kind of undercut their own their own selling point there. When's the last time you did something? Ah, 14 days ago I had a new type of smoothie. Hey, They're it opened my bigger. eyes to new cuisines. I'm all like, wow, I need to... See Wait, did you not really eat now. Indian food before that? Ever? Not too much. I think the last time oh, I maybe tried it was... Yeah, the, we had the butter chicken and... Yeah, it was good. I don't think I've had Indian food ever. You're also missing out. Also, butter chicken is just the, the tipping point. Then again, you know, once you get into like tandoori chicken, like tikka masala and, and, and all that, that's where, you really, that's where it really takes off and it's super good. Yeah. Interesting. Let's do it. Have Indian yeah. food. Have lassi if you haven't. How do you pronounce it? You basically lassi, yeah. Yeah. They say the strawberry lassi because they've only had mango, but yeah. So, Jason, what is severance? <laughs> <laughs> I also, Angel. When did you become the like MC of the show? You've been transitioning everything today, and smoothly, I might add, for the most part. Hey, for me, yeah. When was the last time you tried that for the first time, I'm like, hey, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever transitioned. Yeah, but when you're like, I have, I'm having a lazy, <laughs> okay, maybe not like that, but that too, maybe. No, but I was just say, like, the way you're like, yeah, it's a pretty lazy weekend, but you know what wasn't lazy? The tough mud or a weekend to get, like, that was, you, has, you've has learned, Angel ever you've learned from the best. Uh, only um, maybe like, like briefly when I just like, you know, just started the podcast. Yeah, but without like, never Jason. an entire thing, right? No, I don't think so. No, maybe that could change later on in the future. Um, well, something we could always talk about. Yeah, but, yeah, there's opportunity maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, you asked. I think, I think you know what I'm getting at. But yeah, you asked about severance. That's so cryptic and mysterious. But <laughs> listeners will understand in due time. Uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, but you asked about severance, right? Um, yeah. So I've been watching a lot of shows since we last talked. Um, on our non, but severance is the most recent, and severance is probably one of the best. And severance is one that came out of nowhere. So like it was on Apple TV. It's co-created and directed by uh, Ben Stiller. And so I, I follow Ben Stiller on Twitter. So I saw him tweeting about it. I'm like, okay, this looks maybe interesting. Adam Scott's in it. Like Patricia Arquette's in it. Christopher Walken's in it. It's something about like corporate life. Like I'll check it out. And I was like a few weeks late to the party. But I checked it out and then like, you know, binged the first three or four and then just got totally hooked. Because it's really well done. So it's essentially an extreme version of like how mega corporations try and like do like a work-life balance and how they like try and make you like feel like you're, you know, achieving a lot of work. So like 
silly little incentives or like opportunities or kind of building that like corporate culture and like, oh, we're all buddies here. We're all friends. But it's to an extreme. So the premise is what if you could actually split that work-life balance? What if when you're at work, you only think about work and you only connect with people at work and you don't have any of the baggage from being at home? And then when you're at home, what if you can just live your life with no baggage from work? So the show introduces this concept of severance where you can literally have something implanted in your brain that splits you into two basically people in a way because you have your work self, which is known as the innie in the show, like your innie. Um, and that's just, you know, mentally you are basically at work when you leave work at the end of the day, the, this version of you, you know, goes into the elevator, they clock out, they go into the elevator and then that's it. You switch to your Audi, which is your out of work body or mind. And that's just your normal life. And then when you go back to work, you go back down that elevator, you switch back to your innie, and everything from outside, the outside world is left behind. And every time you leave work, everything from the inside office world is left behind. So the people that are the innies, that are like the work people, just only remember being at work. And just they go into the elevator, and then they immediately come back out the elevator wearing maybe slightly different clothes, and they feel rested. But they already know why. They just know, okay, back to work. And the Audis basically are like in an 8 to 10 hour nap every day when um their body goes to work and switches to the innie, if that makes sense. So the premise is like, if you have this work-life split, what happens? Like, how are you doing with it in the outside world? And more importantly, how are the innies who are like basically trapped in this like little prison of work, uh, but don't necessarily feel like they're imprisoned, at least not at the start, how do they feel in this um little office life world? And the show starts kind of slow, um, and it's just kind of like, you know, you're learning the dynamics of the team, and they have all sorts of team builders and lots of, like, corporate mumbo-jumbo, and, like, they get little, like, incentives. Like, if they complete their work, they get, you know, like, oh, you you were the first to complete it. Do you want, like, a, a free finger trap? Do you want a waffle party? Do you want, we'll, bring, we'll roll in a melon bar? And that's, like, all these, like, exciting things they get to do at work, and then it's slowly, you start to see, like, the cracks in the facade so to speak, as these innies start to become less comfortable with the fact that, like, their life is this weird almost groundhog day of just constantly work and and kind of the, like, shifting dynamics of that team. And without spoiling anything, it starts to ramp up in some interesting ways. And, like, there's some conflict between, like, what the Audis think are going on on the inside and what the innies think might be happening on the outside. And, um, and then the finale that just came out a couple weeks ago is, like, the most intense it's just like 45 minutes of just tension like it just keeps building 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 and then it ends in exactly the most dramatic way it can and there's a cliffhanger and it just stops and like i didn't see anyone talk about this show but when that finale happened i so many people started like my twitter just blew up with severed stuff and i was like wow this is like I didn't realize so many people were just like silently watching along like I was, but yeah, it was like that kind of like people were saying like, oh, this is the best finale I've seen on TV in like a decade or two. Like this is the best finale I've ever seen. Like it was, it only works because of the slow build that they created over those uh nine episodes. And it does like each episode kind of ratchets up the tension just a little more. And then it's just like you get to this like peak at the end of season one and then it just stops like mid like it, it's such a cliffhanger and it was so well done and so good. And, and, um, yeah, and I'm trying not to say too much cause I don't really want to reveal too much, but, um, cause that's what was great about it. Cause no one was talking about, it. there wasn't really like, I didn't see a lot of background besides that premise I just explained. So it was kind of nice to go for the ride and not really know what to expect. Um, and even telling you like the tension ratchets up, like, I feel like I shouldn't have even said that, but it, it's very well done. 
and the show itself is just visually extremely interesting. Um, Ben Stiller. So you're saying it's a good last episode kind of show? No, 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 no. This is one that you all watch the whole thing. It's good. Um, Apple TV Plus, which is surprisingly turning into a like good service for five bucks. They have a lot of quality stuff now. Uh, I mean, Coda just won the Academy Award. That's supposed to be very good. Ted Lasso's obviously on there. Um, there's a couple other things coming down the pipe. I remember reading about that's not kind of interesting. Like they're they're actually pumping out a lot of good content, and because it's Apple, they put so much money into it, which paired really well with like Ben Stiller's, I guess, like creative vision here, because the show is just visually very interesting. It's ben first Stiller? of all, there's a lot. Did you drop that name. Ben yet? Stiller. Yeah, I did. did. I did. I said he co-created it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's him. It, it, and it, there are moments where it's kind of a dark comedy. So there's a little hint of his like comedic background, but it's also very much a drama. Um, but yeah, no, his like vision for the show is like it, when they're in the any world, when they're in the office on their like little floor where they're all in their office mindsets. Um, it's like this weird retro future thing. Like it's it's like you know the computers look like they're out seventies, but it's also kind of futuristic. And like there's a lot of like parallel. He likes to really do a lot of like parallel shots. Um, or not parallel shots, but a lot of, um, um, symmetrical shots. So like things are really well framed. And then when they're in the outside world, like the, the, it's kind of shot a little differently and like the colors are more gray and less like bold greens and stuff. Like it's, it's a really, the aesthetic's such an interesting mix of like, like I said, retro future. It's like seventies mixed with kind of like the stark white of Apple. Like it's, it's, it's a really visually interesting show. And, and sometimes things, you know, and just the way he like does some shots or things start to get a little off kilter, like he'll break the symmetry sometimes or things where it's like, oh uh, yeah, like you could just see something weird amiss because everything's so like tidy and proper for so much of the show. And then there's like a little moment when it's not, and you're like, what's going on there? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a real, it's going to win awards, this thing. I guarantee, like they're, they're, it's really good. And it's really <laughs> interesting to see Christopher Walken and kind of like this like side character role because it's Christopher Walken, but like, he's just like kind of just there. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a core part of the show, but it's just, it's that too. It's kind of interesting to see that, like, they didn't even use that star power in the way they could. He's just a character, which, which works well. Um, so yeah, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil too much, but it is very good. Um, definitely like the, the pleasant surprise of the year for me. And I also just started and got through all of up to the, um, finale, uh, final half of the back season, last season. Um, I just went through all of Ozark. And that was also very good. And I thought that was going to be like the show I'd be like, oh, let me tell you all about Ozark. But then Severance just came in out of nowhere. And I was like, whoa. So, yeah, Severance. Definitely worth checking out. And also Ozark. Sounded like if you took Netflix. the wind out of you just like talking about it. You're like, woof. Yeah. No, <laughs> seriously, TV. that was such a tense finale. Like, I don't know how to better. Like, there are multiple episodes that you're just kind of like. It, it, and it's crazy because it's tense in a way that's not like violent. It's not. There's, it's not gory. It's just like, just the, 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 not even politicking, but just kind of seeing the crack show and how they portray that and like what happens next. Like it's so tense for something that is relatively tame in premise. In, in the sense of, um, I really want to say much, but in the sense of like, you know, you're not like, oh guys, you go like shoot someone. Like that doesn't really ever happen, but it's just like, it, there's no like, like I said, no violence, but just they, they do such a good job with the like inner, personal tension and and what this company they work for is which is a thing that they kind of never even explain but it's just it's really yeah it's really well so check out severance and since i'm already talking about like i said ozark is pretty good too um it's the blue tinted breaking bad essentially if you've ever seen ozark or anyone out there knows ozark or breaking bad you know swap out 
um, one comedic actor in, um, uh, oh god, what's it, Brian Cranston, for, um, Jason Bateman, and then swap out the yellow tint of everything for a blue tint. And then you got Ozark, essentially. The premise is, uh, he, Jason Bateman's character, launders money for the Mexican drug cartel. And it's kind of like the trials and tribulations of him and his family having to go to the Ozarks, uh, in order to do that money laundering. And the show. Oh, so he is not the Ozark. No, no, he's not. No, it's a place. <laughs> it's a place. I don't know. Uh, it's I don't okay. Know it's a name. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, the Ozarks is like kind of a, a lakefront area in, uh, oh man, what state? I'm drawing a blank. Mississippi? Maybe? It's along the Mississippi. It's near the Mississippi. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so it's just, it's similarly to Severance, it just kind of ramps up Ozark. Like, it starts pretty small, like he's just trying to keep his family afloat, and then things just keep going, and there's new players that come into the picture, and then you kind of follow Bateman's character as he, and eventually his wife, um, sort of amass more power and start to actually become players within the cartel themselves, and it's just, it, it gets really, like, kind of ridiculous in the later season, like, the amount of, like, crazy that happens is kind of, like, almost, you have to suspend your disbelief a bit, but, um, it's, it's, it's a fun ride, and I'm really curious to see how it ends. The final half of the last season is out, end of this month. In general, this month is has a lot TV, because there's there's that. Um, for everyone who has HBO Max, there's a show called Made for Love that's coming back. There's a show called Flight Attendant's coming back. There's a uh, Moon Knight going on right now. There, Close Enough season three just came out. There, there's a lot of TV at this particular moment in time, which is nice. Um, has anyone been watching Moon Knight? I cut a few things here and there. I Kevin? saw the first episode, but I wasn't really paying attention to it, so I gotta like rewatch it. If it makes you feel better, the first episode barely makes sense even when you watch it. <laughs> it's purposely very chaotic. Um, but yeah, oh, well, yeah maybe yeah. we talk about yeah maybe we talk about Moon Knight. Um, once we're all through the six episodes, where I think it's halfway right now. Mm-hmm. But. But yeah, um, but I know, Andrew, you saw Close Enough, right? Because I, I name-dropped that one, too, and you watched that. Yeah, of course. Gotta watch the show from my homie J.G. Quintel. It's good. Yeah, I did. That's my yeah. thought. Well, yeah, of course, of course it's good. Yeah, it's Actually, fun. yeah, if we I were... Mean, like, it, it, it's, it's... Go ahead. What? Go ahead. It's fun. I mean, like, it, it sticks to the tradition of the other ones, and if you've seen regular show, you pretty much know exactly what you're getting into. Which is kind of ironic because like the whole show's premise is about you know things just kind of escalating to a point where sometimes it's like where is this going and then you know it it just gets nuts and you just go along for the ride. They very much turn your brain off and just enjoy show, but because you know it's kind of set in our real world, um, I don't know, like little sometimes like the little jokes are kind of like what <laughs> like just like get like probably something like the biggest laugh out of me. Um, especially in this season, like, I think there was, like, a little gag about, like, parking regulations. Like, they were like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to park my, my car here. And then he's looking at the signs, and there's, like, a billion of them. And he's like, oh, okay, we're good. But then later, you know. And it unfolds. Yeah, it, like, unfolds to a second billion signs, like, after he yeah, parks. Yeah, like, like, little gags yeah. like that are, are really great. Yeah, I feel like uh, we have the advantage. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts? I was just saying, I think we have the advantage because we're in L.A. that so much of it is LA like it's set in LA it references little things in LA like it's very LA in the same way that Bojack had like Hollywood and you could be like oh I, I get what they're referencing I know that part like that thing here um but yeah I think you know I was talking about how shows like 
like sort of get more extreme or intense or whatever. This one, like, you're right, like the way it escalates is just that's what's so fun is the premise is basically it's and it's for our age group, right? So basically he, the yeah, creator, uh, JC, yeah, <laughs> JC, uh, was it JC Quintel, uh, right? Um, JG Quintel and all his shows. JG, when, right. Yeah, when he did Close Enough, I mean Close Enough, when he did regular show, like the characters in that show were roughly around like college age. And then, you know, like it's pretty much just his age. I mean, he right. just had a, he had a kid. That's kind of like what. He's yeah, out, so and cool. and what's kind of cool is like, and it's I guess it was a true regular show too because I know you told me that like, oh, there's episodes where they go meet like a fake version of like Shigeru Miyamoto and they're big video game nerds. And we like did that at that age, like we went and tried to hunt him down at E3, um, and succeeded. Although we didn't get me in, but we got a wave, so we'll take it. But um, yeah, like it's now like the premises are simple, like oh, like it's you know they're kids first day of kindergarten, or oh, they like want to go out with their friends but they have a kid so they have to go like a Chuck E. Cheese instead of like a nice restaurant and then the friends without kid are like this sucks and like go off to like find a, like, a more like age appropriate restaurant and end up down this weird rabbit hole and, and that's the thing the weird rabbit hole like every simple premise even if it's just finding parking or something they ramp it up to such an extreme and such a ridiculous extreme that half the fun is just seeing where they can take an idea like what if a former influencer, um, who's one of the main characters, like she's, she's on Instagram a lot. Now there's TikTok. There's younger kids. How does she stay relevant? And it just ramps to like the most ridiculous stuff or like, uh, you know, they want to get a hamburger from a popular hamburger stand in Venice or something. And that seems easy enough. You know, there's all us foodies and our, our, our us millennial foodies. Like, oh, we got to get this hamburger. We have a friend that's super foodie and like that. And, you know, seeing like the, the way it unfolds and how it just keeps building or like they're building sandcastles as a contest and how that escalates to something ridiculous like all of them are very mild-mannered premises and is take it so far and it's super fun and half the time you never see it coming where they're gonna go because they like lean in on all these influences from other types of media like you know there's like uh there's one that's basically like an anime battle there's one that was like vampires like it's just it's really fun just to see where they spin the thing to and how it and and the thing is you're saying you know you turn off your brain you do, but even like in the logic of the show, like in the logic of the progression, there is a logical course that got them there. Maybe the course is like, oh, well, because vampires mm. are real. But then when you follow it, you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course, if like they're going here and like vampires are real, this would be one of the next things that would likely happen. But it's just like the perfect like ratcheting up to that point, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you have to go along with the oh, idea yeah. that like vampires are real. So you have to buy into the initial silly premise so like there's one with like a norse god it's like okay well if you're gonna do the norse god thing then yeah they would want to do this next it's like it's not totally just like random like it has like some weird self-contained logic kind of but the influences they pull are 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 random and that's what's really fun because you never know which thing they'll tie in like the vampire one ties into margaritaville like the jimmy buffett's margaritaville restaurant like what (laughs) it doesn't make sense but once you kind of go with it it kind of makes sense in that sense in that context so yeah it's, it's just really fun um, and they're really breezy. They're like like yeah, regular shows, like ten minutes. Like I mean, you definitely, re- yeah, and you're definitely rewarded just for, I mean, not for consuming a ton of media, but like you know, this is references everywhere. Like if mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Point Break, I wouldn't have gotten that. One of the episodes, I think, in season two, was literally an entire Point Break parody. I would have just been like, oh, it's just, you know, a cop being undercover with some with some old ladies trying to bust their weed gig and then, you know, they die surfing or something like that. But yeah, you know, 
it's 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 fun. It's and fun. and for the like, gamers out there, since we are random Nintendo in a way, still there are video game references because he is a video game fan. Oh, yeah, there's one episode. There's the dude playing the Switch. I'm sure. There's a dude playing Switch. Um, the episode where they want to meet fellow parents. Um, the daughter of the fellow parents was dressed as Princess Peach, and then they went to a bar called Mario and Bruigi's. So like, there's all sorts of stuff scared about. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really fun show, and and like I was trying to say, it's really breezy. It's really like they're, easy they're to binge tw- too. Yeah, because they're it's twenty eight, minutes, yeah, it's but eight, it's two episodes yeah. each, so it's actually sixteen stories. Episodes. Yeah, it's sixteen stories, except the Halloween episode, which is like kind of three stories in one, but it's a full twenty. But it's sixteen ten-minute yeah. stories, um, just like regular show, I think was structured right. So it's it's really easy if you just want to pop one in to, for a bit, or if you want to go through all of them. I think, I think I did in like, I think we did in two nights here so we split it you know four four but um yeah no it's super fun yeah i could keep going with tv shows by the way there's so many since we last talked should i just keep plowing through my my yeah, little list I'm, here I'm gonna stop you. all right so if you want another kind of fun show two fun shows um there's been this revival i've noticed uh, kind of in the start of this year like since our last aren't on really of um like comedy murder mystery and I feel like I started last summer with only murders in the building, um, which is coming back for season two in June for anyone who's into that show. But in January and February, respectively, um, Apple TV and Netflix put out their own murder mystery comedies. First up on Apple TV was The After Party, which is from uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord of Spider-Verse, of 21 Jump Street, of Gravity Falls, if you want to go back enough, far, far enough back in time. And the basic like premise is... What was that? Oh yeah, Lego Movie. Yeah, uh, at least the original. Um, some other stuff too. I'm forgetting, but they're uh, Last Man on Earth. But yeah, so I, I'm a fan of their work. Um, Mitchell's versus the Machines. Uh, but let's just go through it all. Yeah, let's just let me pull up their IMDb. No, uh, but but yeah, it's um, this show's premise is it's a high school reunion, and there's always different people with different you know went through different walks of life, and they're all getting back together to reunion, and then at the end of the night. One of the people at the reunion who's actually a pop star that's kind of like a riff on Bieber named uh, Xavier, he dies. He is seemingly murdered. And the episode, and then each episode tries to explain the series of events that led to his murder from the perspective of each character, which, okay, sure. But each character's perspective is also its own genre spoof. So you have one like tough guy who's basically a fast and furious action movie spoof. You have a guy who's an aspiring music, uh, musician himself whose episode is a uh, musical, and, it, and it's actually Ben Schwartz who plays uh, this guy and sings, which I didn't know Ben Schwartz did. You may know Ben Schwartz as Here Comes IMDb, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Jean-Ralphio on Parks and Rec. Um, if anyone watches Space Force, he was Tony? He was a social media guy on Space Force. Um, but yeah, he's in. he was in a bunch of other stuff too. But yeah, he so his is a musical episode, or there's one that's animated. There's one that's... Um, what else? There's like a rom-com. There's – and each, you know, each one tells the same night and the same basic series of events, but from that character's perspective, from that genre's like lens. Like so, you know, they, they change the production style. They change the outfits. They change um, everything. And also because it's a murder mystery and it's the telling from each narrator, they also change the detail. So what you're kind of parsing as you watch is where things make sense to you, where things conflict, where, you know, where is the truth in all this? 
And each character is telling these stories to a detective played by Tiffany Haddish. And she's also kind of parsing through and picking out stuff as you go. And then by the end of the episode, you kind of have an idea of what you think may be the reality that actually occurred between all these different narratives, between all these different genres. And then you kind of watch as Tiffany Hash puts it all together and announces who the murderer is. Um, oh, there's also a great high school movie spoof that's like straight up like super bad meets like American Pie. Like literally one of the characters is just, just like Michael Sarah and super bad. And I love super bad. So that, that I got a kick out of that. But, um, really? yeah, it's just kind of a fun I've way. Never. Ever heard you bring that movie up? I am skeptical. You're you are a hundred percent king, and I know you are. I never mentioned it on Nintendo, but you've heard me say it a bunch in college. Um, as everyone knows, if it's not mentioned on the podcast, it didn't. It's not true. Yeah, yeah. Which means technically, when I did that trespassing at the Flintstones Park, I didn't actually trespass until I said it here. There, I was just walking like a normal person through open plains. Yeah, but um. But yeah, no, it's it's a fun show after party, and they have announced a season two that will bring back some characters, but also do a new mur- murder mystery with new characters. Um, I don't know how they're gonna do the genre spoof thing, but the it's it's really fun. And some some of the episodes are stronger than others. Like some of the genre spoofing works better. I thought the high school musical or the high school one was good. The musical one was great. Um, they even do kind of a parody of like the all those songs. They're like, oh, this is your one shot, your one opportunity. You know, Eminem, that sort of thing. Like they do a kind of riff on that. Um. The rom-com one is eh, the, the the problem with the rom-com one is it's the opening episode and it's maybe one of the weaker ones in my opinion. So if you uh, kind of bear it through the rom-com one, there's a lot of really good stuff after that. There's also a great animated one. Um, but yeah, so that that's after party and that's really fun. Um, and again, another example of Apple TV Plus somehow actually like cranking out some really good content lately. Uh, and then on Netflix, the other crime show I've been watching because I guess I just like watching crime now is uh, Murderville. Which is also a unique comedy premise in that each episode has Will Arnett playing the same cop and working in the same precinct and, you know, doing what he does with the same supporting cast. But he has a different partner in each episode, a different person to help solve the crime. And each person is a trainee who is literally just a celebrity. And they don't have the script. So for Will Arnett and everyone in the scene, they have, they know the beats they need to follow. They knew, they know what they, what clues they need to allude to or show or demonstrate. And then the improv partner, the celebrity, has to basically follow along, improv along, and then at the end, guess who the murderer is from three different suspects. And they're not the best at figuring out who it is, but they are really funny as they go through it. So it's Conan, of which, of course, automatically means I'm going to love it because Conan O'Brien. But it's Conan, it's Marshawn Lynch, uh, who's actually really good. It's Sharon Stone, it's uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who's also really good. And, um, Ken Jong. And each episode is kind of a self-contained murder mystery because only obviously that actor's in that one episode. Uh, but it turns out there's a very lightly threaded story between all five involving, uh, Will Arnett's character. And I did not expect that. Like, I thought this was, I also didn't expect it to be quite a game show in the sense of like, they do the mystery and at the end, Will Arnett's like, okay. So tell me who it is and why. And like they're all sitting there and the, the, whoever the celebrity is has to like say it's that person and here's why. And then, you know, they tell them if they're right or wrong and, and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, there's like a very light story about Will Arnett's character threaded throughout. And, oh, I forgot one. It's actually six episodes because Annie Murphy from, uh, Schitt's Creek is also in. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun and it's, it's very different than After Party in the sense of obviously since it's not as structured, you don't have as many like intertwining thoughts. But they do a very good job within each episode of laying out some clues, giving some contradicting possibilities, 
and doing it all essentially through improv. Because like I said, the Will Arnett and his regular cast of people that play the supporting role do have a script, but they have to work off the improv of, you know, if Marshawn Lynch tries to go on a tangent about something or Conan riffs on something or whatever, they have to adapt and kind of bring the story back to the scripted elements they need. And Netflix put out this little like three minute clip that I wish they did a full episode or provide a full way to do, but they actually had a scroll along of the script as written and of what the uh, guest improviser was saying. And you could see, and they were like cross out and move around elements as like they need, like you could see how like Will Arnett in real time had to like change plot lines or like shuffle plot lines, like all the supporting cast had to like kind of work off that. So it's, it's a really cool, if you like improv at all, it's really cool just to see like how they how dynamically they were able to adapt to whatever you know conan joke he happened inside to make in the moment but also how like this thing works so well like it, it really is it works really well like i'm surprised at how smoothly it all feel it all feels some episodes are stronger than others depending on you know the actor or the guest but like or like if they crack a lot like ken john could not stop laughing but um yeah it's just a really entertaining show it's just such a unique premise and a unique structure that it's it's fun to watch if not even just to solve the mystery just to like see it unfold or see like how you know kuno nanjiani or someone like adapts to the challenge because one of the things they do in it that i forgot to mention is as they discover these clues will or not basically sets up improv games for them so he'll be like okay i'm gonna be in your ear like we need you undercover go in there i'm gonna tell you what to say and like that sort of thing or like oh we need you to walk a certain way or behave a certain way like you need to be like this guy now and like they have to kind of do like almost like typical improv games but like in the story and they all fit the story and they all make sense and it's just really well thought out um so that's kind of a fun show too uh very is goofy, it filmed very like goofy. a uh is it filmed like a regular show is it filmed like a tv show it's filmed like a regular tv show yeah so you know they have multiple cameras they have camera angles they have like different set pieces they go to and and yeah it's it's a full-on regular show it's just one person doesn't have a script and then has to figure out what's going on anyway without the script Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's based on a British show, which I guess was even um, looser in a way than this one. But yeah, I think it's a really kind of fun premise, and I hope they do a season two because I'm sure there's a ton of great um, comedians that would fit right in. Um, especially because they and especially like oddball ones like Sharon Stone. I don't know how how she got looped into it, but and she wasn't bad at all. But like, I'd be curious to see other people who aren't like natively, you know, comedians like Marshawn Lynch, for example, you know, football player. But he ended up killing it. He was actually really funny. So it, it'd be. Interesting to see if they do a season two, like who they can grab to be part of it. Um, but yeah, so those are my crime shows I've been watching. I've been big on crime lately, I guess, between that and Ozark. Yeah, and then like Murders in the Fifth or – no, Murders in the Fifth, Murders in the Building. Murders in oh, the only Murders in the Building, like, yeah. Procedural. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, – all these things are – yeah, that's the thing because you, you mentioned procedural. All these things are, for the most part, excluding Murderville kind of full story arc like deeper you know like not not just like a law and order situation but yeah i've been i've been big on crime I, this whole episode has been big on crime talk about trespassing and ticket huh weird wow we've been We're up to no good crime fighters we all saw the batman so do you think chaotic That's true. neutral i guess and that whole thing <laughs> mm, i wouldn't say so lawful chaotic he's definitely not chaotic Thank you, I think. This is milk toast as they come. <laughs> um, uh, unthank you, thank you. Um, but you said Batman. I'm just going to pivot us away from this conversation. You said Batman. We're talking about crime. Um, 
we all saw it, right? Yep, we all saw it. Thoughts, anyone? Eyes. Honestly, not really. Um, <laughs> I can really say I enjoyed it. Um, but I kind of came out of it like I kind of forgot about it like a few days later. Um, like I don't know it. I did it in the moment. To me. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, I don't know. Like it. I just don't know what it was about it. Like, I don't know what it was about it that didn't, like, hook me. I don't think I was, like, sucked into the movie at any point where I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? I was just like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I was just, I was just, like, along for a ride. It felt like, I don't know. Not, but I, mean, I don't know. I, Did it feel like something was yeah. in the way? Beautiful. I felt like I was missing something. I see what you did there, know. Kevin. I don't think Angel did though. No, I didn't. That was that was that was I would clap, I don't want to like accidentally like, blow someone's headphones out, but that was top tier. I think I just need to rewatch it again. I mean I did miss like the first twenty minutes, so maybe that was it. But yeah. That did set up a don't lot of what was gonna happen. Did Did it? <laughs> kind of. That's when like Well, I, I Okay, I don't know how much I missed. I mean, I think you may know Kevin because you watched it with Elvis. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Crap, I don't remember where he said it was that like. Because oh. because when I started the movie, um, Alfred and Batman were already looking at the Riddler's first clue, and I was like, oh. Right. Actually, you didn't miss oh, much okay. at all. Yeah, I thought I thought you were past that really? clue because like if you don't have one of the clues, because it, cause it literally felt like I was started. It, it felt like when I turned it. Like, it felt like I turned on a movie in the middle of the movie. Where no, I was like, like okay, like, like I know we don't need to know Batman's origin again, but like I feel like I didn't really know anyone's deal, and it just kind of felt like just watching people do stuff. Yeah, here's the thing cool about stuff, that, but it just felt like stuff was just happening. I don't know. The thing about the movie is every Batman movie has been a Batman movie where he happens to do some stuff. This was a crime movie where the detective happened to be Batman. If that makes sense, like they flipped yeah. it. So. Yeah, so you do kind of go in going like, oh, I, I, I know who Batman is. And it's just like, it's like literally you turn on a three hour episode of like a good episode of, I don't know, Law and Order or something. And then instead of it being like a New York police detective, it's, it's Batman. That's kind of basically like at a high level. And obviously the Riddler's a little more extreme than a typical bad guy in a procedural, but that's kind of at a it's high level classes. what they did here. You do now. Yeah, that's true. I, did you I'm have him first or did he have him first? Person. Um, well, I guess technically they had him first. He had him first because the trailer premiered like a long time ago. But I didn't notice until after I saw the movie. I mean, I've I've been wearing the glasses for like two months by that point. Hmm. I see. So yeah, but yeah, I only became aware of it when I saw the movie. But, yeah. yeah, because because it is at least to me because it was kind of that like detective film noir like procedural story deal. Yeah, it did feel kind of like it was – like it was Batman for sure, but like it definitely felt like you were just kind of dropped into something, which also made it hard for me to not compare it to like things I've seen in other Batman movies in a way. Like they did a lot of cool, unique stuff, but there's some – especially the cinematography. Like there's some really cool visual shots in the movie, Um a lot of playing with like light and color and stuff, which makes sense because I think – It's definitely think the, the best-looking Batman movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think the cinematographer did um he did something else that also was visually really cool, but I don't remember what it was. But anyway, um so they got like good talent to do like make it visually very interesting, but like 
you know, oh, they, they get, they catch the Riddler, but then something happens after they catch him or things like that. It's like, okay, yeah, they did that in Dark Knight. Joker was caught, but then he still rigged something afterward. Like, there's so many things I just, I couldn't, and it's not the fault of the movie. There's only so many ways you could tell a Batman story, but there's so many things I just was like, oh, I kind of saw that in Dark Knight. Oh, I kind of remember that from like an older Batman. I kind of remember this from other superhero movies. Like, it felt, because the film noir was at the forefront, it felt like some of the Batman-y things were just almost too familiar because they didn't like lean in on what makes this Batman truly like different they just kind of like plopped you in like here's kind of a darker grimier more emo younger batman but then what he did wasn't hugely different outside more detective work than what we saw in other batmen i guess so that that i kind of see where you're coming from angel where it was like just kind of like oh here's a batman there he is he's solving a crime um but yeah there's some visuals that were cool and i thought yeah, the story was, like you know go ahead yeah, I mean, while I do, while I do feel like I need to watch it again, I actually do want to watch it again. Like, it's not like a movie where I feel like, 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 uh, I feel like I have to watch it again to understand it. Like, I'm actually, I just want to watch it again. I just feel like, I just, yeah, just have that craving. So, you know, we we already pre-ordered the Steelbook. We'll we'll get that soon enough. Um, actually, I think it's available to watch beginning next week on digital or something. Yes, or actually on the 18th. Uh, in like three days. In like. Two days oh, after wow, this goes up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, what did you make of it? Yeah. So I guess I'll be able to do that. Uh, I really, really liked it. I think it's... There's this thing it's with Batman. I, okay, I don't love... I don't love... I don't love any Batman movie. I think the closest that I have to... Lo- to like really loving one is the dark knight but i don't really even think that's Same. a good batman movie really? i think it's a good batman uh, i think it's a good movie but i do not think that that is a good batman movie no i think i think batman begins batman. is the closest to a good batman movie in that in that whole trilogy of movies like I, I haven't seen lego batman but the dark knight i, oh. I actually you know what my for hey, my nolan movies i'm not even gonna count the other night. ones because i really care about them have I seen what? If you ever have a free night, and I said if you ever have a free night, um, uh, next time we actually get to hang out, you know, when we watch like like the way we watch Transformers last time, let's uh get some drinks and watch Lego Batman. I'm down. That's a fun one. I'm down. Yeah. Hey, but, listeners, um, you're all invited. If you can figure out where we live and dox us, you're welcome to come have some drinks and watch Lego Batman. I probably shouldn't have said that. Someone's gonna show up. Screw well, it. Hopefully they just well, we'll, we'll, we'll. But, uh, you guys are a little yeah, more. So you guys are a little night, harder to find than me. I will give you that. I feel like anyway, the Dark Knight is a really, really, really good movie, but I do not think it's a good Batman movie. And the reason I say this is because, um, switch out Batman for Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, and that movie stays exactly the same. Even the motorcycle flip around thing on the wall actually would be the same. You're right. Yep. <laughs> right, that's yeah, yeah. And so that uh, that's why that movie I don't think is a very good Batman movie. Uh, Batman Begins is the closest thing that we have to a good Batman movie. There, Dark Knight Rises the less of the better. Um, hmm. yeah, but like this this is the closest I feel like we've gotten to an actual Batman movie, which I really really enjoyed. The thing is not not all of the parts of the movie worked exactly for me. There there mm-hmm. was a part of me that did kind of want to see Robert Pattinson as a playboy, and I know that they purposely decided not to do that because you know he's a younger batman he still doesn't know how to 
how to like live this double life essentially so for a sequel that will like be really cool assuming they go that route but I did love the detective stuff I did love how gritty it was Gotham felt like its own character this time around as opposed to in the Nolan trilogy it it pretty much just being Chicago yeah yeah that I agree with Gotham felt very unique here yeah yeah the but there's there's a lot of like nitpicky issues that I have with it. it was like essentially the movie takes place in two different parts it takes place on like a random street or uh the club, the club. yeah no i noticed yeah. that immediately yeah which and which somewhat I really love that entrance Mm-hmm. And it is worth noting that, like, if you look at, like, old film noirs, you know, it's always like, oh, you're in the detective's office. Now you're in, like, one of three locations. Now they go back to that crime scene again. Like, it mm-hmm. – so, like, it kind of – like, even Blade Runner, which just definitely took inspiration from, like, that opening shot in the rain with the clear umbrellas. Like, that's straight up Blade Runner. Um, And even Blade Runner, I think, like, there are, like, three or four locations it kind of circled around. So, like, that might have been an homage, but it really stuck out like a sore thumb, kind of. Like, I immediately noticed that, too. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I really enjoyed uh, the Battinson. I thought he was really good. Zoe Kravitz, I thought, killed it. Mm-hmm. John Turturro, I didn't even know that he was in the movie until he showed up. The Jesus. It just dawned on me he's in it. That's him. Yeah, because well, yeah, I think if, no he's duh. also in Severance, I think. John Turturro. Oh, is he? Let me check that. Let me check that. Let me. See. I mean, you can keep talking while I look. We don't have to say John Turturro, I, he he was great in that, and I I really love John Turturro in uh, the Night of, which is another HBO show that you should be watching. I think we talked about the Night of before, right? Uh, possibly. Angel, didn't you watch it? Night Elf. The Night <laughs> of. <laughs> night Elf. Oh, the Night of. No, I didn't. Elf after no? da- okay. after dark. The, the night elf is is a fantastic show that that he's in with the uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, which Jason would actually like too because it's a it's like a murder, it's a murder thing. Yeah, I I wanted to watch it and completely forgot about it, like the year after it came out. Also, yes, uh, John Turo is in Severance and okay, I didn't realize I was deterring so hard these last couple. And months. then uh, who else was in that? Colin, Colin Farrell. Fer- Colin that Farrell, was... who was awesome, I love Colin yes. Farrell, but if you're not going to make him look like Colin Farrell, you might as well just hire some <laughs> random dude off the street to, to play I was him. really impressed with that makeup, though. Like, that was some intense. Well, yeah, like, because he, it really... looked, he looks nothing like him. Yeah, and now they're doing a spinoff show with him on HBO Max. Yeah, so that that's cool. Yeah, and he'll continue uh, to probably not look like himself. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this Batman movie, I think it's in the upper ranks of Batman movies, but that's not really saying much, so... And, and I do want clarify. I do want clarify where I was like, "Oh, it's very procedural," and they just kind of plop Batman in. Da, 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 da. Like I did really enjoy it. Like besides just how it looked, like I, I had a lot. Of, I I enjoyed it a lot. Is again, I think like you, it was kind of you know nitpicks or observations as someone who's seen so many Batman movies and came in, especially in my case. Like I love uh, less so the third one, but I love the Nolan trilogy. So like it was really hard for me not to draw those parallels. But it's a very solid movie. A little long, but very solid movie in yeah. its own right. Uh, actually, can we? Can we talk spoilers? Are, are we going to talk anything else after this? That's all I've got. Was there anything, Angel, is there anything else you want to bring up? Okay, because... Uh, it's all like that, yeah. All right. Yeah, just, just like slight spoilers for this movie. I think one thing <laughs> that really killed it for me was 
how crazy the stakes got at the end. Oh, like out of nowhere where it was like this kind yeah. of slow methodical. He's basically a Zodiac killer type of one and done guy. And then suddenly like the city's being completely destroyed in one fell swoop. Essentially, it was yeah. – it's so weird how this – and I was ready for the movie to finish there where they where they capture the Riddler and like, mm-hmm. okay, that, that's the end. You know, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a thinking man's Batman movie, whatever you want to call it. But then right. it just turned into a superhero movie at the end, which was not something that I felt the entire time watching the movie up to that point where – Yeah, it felt very isolated prior. Yeah, the Riddler goes from – uh, I don't know what you want to call him an anarchist to just a straight up terrorist. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because like even the final set piece when they're inside uh, the Madison Square Garden equivalent for Gotham, and you know he's like, like it's being flooded and everything. Like even that was still physically a small space with few people being affected, but they like set against the backdrop of the whole city is completely flooded now, yeah, which is kind of a so plot. Weird. And like a lot of these like. I really like to show Gotham, which I realized was kind of a weird, zanier take on Batman. Like, it was grounded in its weirdness, but it was, like, this whole other thing. I feel like Gotham touched on some of the ideas they did in the Batman in almost slightly better implementations. Like, I don't know. Like, they did, like, the ramp-up of some characters from, like, a little thing to a big thing felt more natural than, like, how it went from literally Riddler being just a a serial killer to, like, a full-on, like you said, like, terrorist or something. Like, it was... Yeah, it, it did ramp up extremely oh, quickly. Oh, that's, that's not a yeah. serial killer to just terrorist, yeah. Yeah, it it was, and and also like, again, it it because of the parallel to Dark Knight. Like I was saying this before, like you know they catch Riddler and then he does something crazy. Like when they caught Joker and he did something crazy, he did something on the scale of what the Joker did the whole movie. You know, he blew up a hospital at one point. He then blows up some boat. That's pretty one to one. Like okay, he has the capabilities for both, but like, yeah, Riddler went like zero to a hundred. Like that was. In retrospect, that was a huge leap he just took. And, like, when did he set that all up? Like, I don't know. It just seems very... I mean... You know, he, and if you look at it, like... Well, yeah. But, no, but, but, no, no, no. But I mean, like, if you look at, like, when he's doing his live streams and stuff, he has, like, three... Like, they even make a reference, like, oh, he has 400 followers. It's like, okay, that's enough to do a little damage, but, like, flood an entire city? <laughs> it seems like a lot for you and your 400 people to, like, enact and successfully execute in such a way. But I don't know. So speaking of that, I want to talk about seawalls real quick. What? <laughs> that was the first time I've ever heard of a seawall. Oh yeah, they're that, a thing. New a York thing? has them. New York has Ooh. them. Yeah. New York. Yeah. So New so, York, they when they built out Manhattan, they physically added land to the island of Manhattan at one point. Like they took landfill or something. I don't know what they built it on, but they took land and like extended part of Manhattan outward. So when Hurricane Sandy hit in like 2012 or whatever. It flooded the seawalls, and there's actually parts of Manhattan that were, like, in water, not to the extent of what they showed in Batman, but, like, it was, like, a few feet, like, down the street, like, all over the place. It's a real thing, yeah. So, um, because Manhattan's so low, like, sea level-wise, and then they added fake land, so it's even lower in a way, um, yeah, they had to build seawalls, and those are, they're, they line all part, like, not all of Manhattan, but good chunks of Manhattan, yeah. What's the point? Keep the water out. (laughs) But if you're like, low, if you're low on so, sea, it, Miami's gonna have to do this real soon if they haven't already with uh, global warming. But you know, as water levels rise or as there's a chance of a storm or something, you gotta make sure that your streets don't get flooded. Sure, sure, sure. But like, 
so the Riddler blows up. He like what? It's like five vans. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. What felt like a little ridiculous to me. He blows up five so vans, like and the a, entire a city six, is just destroyed. A six foot wall is keeping this entire, or five six foot walls are keeping this entire city from flooding. Yeah, that's the part that apparently I, this is in real life too. You people need to change. Oh my god, it, it was so weird. It's so weird to me. I was like, what the hell's a seawall? And now yeah, I'm the hearing thing, that oh, it's it's an actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's throwing me off about it is, and this is kind of getting at like how he like ran, like him and his 400 people just like fly the whole city. It's like Manhattan, from my understanding, is kind of sectioned a little. So yeah, there are seawalls, and if it broke, and if you blow up that seawall, yes, some water will come in, but like, unless there's a storm or you're somehow pouring extra water into like the rivers that surround Manhattan, like I don't really know how it would, to the degree that it did in this movie, flood the entirety of Midtown. Like, I don't, that quickly, even. Like, I don't know, maybe, I'm not a civil engineer, maybe it does, but, I don't know, like, when, when Sandy hit, it took a crazy hurricane with a crazy amount of rain to rise, to raise the water high enough above the wall, and then push it through, because the water kept coming. If you have, like, relatively stationary river, you know, what, what are they, what, where's that water coming from in that quantity? That's, that's the only thing I don't know. But also, I, I, maybe it does, I don't know, I'm not a civil engineer. But, um, yeah, that was kind of, that ramp up was kind of ridiculous, but I still really did enjoy the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, that was literally the only thing that I wanted to get into spoilers for just that ending. Cause that, that ending felt like it came out of nowhere. It, for some reason felt more kind of like, huh, to me than at the end of Dark Knight Rises where Batman's like, all right, I'm going to go take this nuke out to the sunset. See ya. Oh, I survived. Hi again. Like even well, that Dark felt Rises less. Is so an anomaly of bad, so. It's it's weird because like at the time I wanted to like it so much because I love Dark Knight so much and I was so excited for that movie I feel and like I came out of it did, I'm like honestly yeah and I just like oh this was really cool and then the more I thought about it over the years I'm just like there's a lot of weird stuff in that movie. I'm Never mind what's your name. Movie, as you think, I still need to watch what? it. So I guess I'll watch Dark Knight Rises eventually. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I I can still find enjoyment in it for sure, and I I bane I I. I just, I still like referencing his Bane voice. Like, I don't know. I, I like Bane himself was cool, but it's like iconic. His, his Bane voice is iconic. At this yeah. Point. Like he, the character was pretty well done too. Although the character kind of became like a weird, like Joker also of sorts. But, um, yeah, like it, Bane was great, but like there's so many weird other things. Like Catwoman was fine, but like really, oh, the story I hated, about... I hated her Catwoman so much. I thought much. she was fine. Like, I thought she fine, was but... so bad. I thought she was terrible. I the one I thought was the weakest was how they kind of wove. I don't remember who she played or who the actress was. The French actress who ended up being the big bad. I oh, uh, Talia, Talia. Yeah, the oh, way sorry, she Ava. like that. That story kind of. Eh, I don't know. Oh yeah, sorry. Angel spoilers, but yeah, that story kind of. Eh, and then the way she just like died. Like oh, more spoilers. But that last shot of her, it was. It felt so like cartoony. I don't know the way she's like oh. And tilted her head, and that was it. Like I don't know the whole thing. Oh was... yeah, because like she got into a car accident. Yeah, and then she's just like, oh well, you know, I I did what I wanted to do, or whatever she said. And then she's just like, I'm, and then she just kind of like did like the most generic like, I'm an actor faking my death. <laughs> like it was so bad. Well, yeah. But... Either way, either way, the, the Dark Knight Rises is, is it's you know like I already said it's its own thing and yeah, it's an anomaly in that in that trilogy, honestly to me. But For sure. uh, as far as this movie goes, I don't know. I I, I enjoyed it. It's probably my. It's so weird because I'm saying that I enjoy it and like I'm very critical of it. Same, 
I mean, I've been critical this whole time, but I really enjoyed it. But then I'm saying, like, it might be my favorite Batman movie, but that's only because the bar is set so low. Right. I'm very curious with what they do next. Um, there's definitely gonna be a next. The movie did well. Um, but I'm thinking, like, they teased, if you see the movie in its, you know, as released, they teased kind of a Joker deal. And then, well, they, they yeah, you could just straight up say they, they release everything. Yeah, the Joker. The yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And then they the did a YouTube video. The most likely gonna be involved in this series at some point. Well, did you see that YouTube video they put out? Like, which yeah, is, I what, did. A, what a strange, I thought it was, like, was really weird. How they put it out? Or the scene itself? Just in general. I'm not a fan of the Joker. I'll just, just say it out loud. I appreciate that they're trying to ground him a little because this whole Batman is more grounded and more, you know, like, again, kind of going back to like it's a crime movie first. Like, it is more grounded in that regard, so them kind of doing, like, a Joker actually looks like he fell in an acid bath kind of makes sense. Um, Wait, but so yeah, there's... we actually get to see the Joker at... If point. you go on YouTube, Warner Brothers, I guess because everyone just streams movies, so there's no, like, digital extras for Blu-rays anymore, they just, like, uploaded a deleted scene where Batman and Joker are talking, just trying, like, like Batman's basically picking Joker's brain, huh. like, do you know who this Riddler guy is? And... Which I would be down if they do that with this series, where he is sort of the Hannibal Lecter... Yeah, character that uh that he goes to, it might get old by let's say the third movie because come on, of course there's going to be a third movie as well. Yeah, yeah, if they did that as a second thing, like some sort happens. of because every Batman property ever, like every adaptation, Gotham as well, they're always like, oh, the yin and yang of Batman and Joker. Like J- Joker is like Batman's like for like he is Batman but evil, and Batman's Joker but good. Like they're they're in it for the same thing. Like you know, like they always do that, but they never actually they always pit them against each other. So they have them kind of in parallel, like they did in that scene. That could be interesting. Where they're actually kind of using each other a little more. In a way that actually benefits Batman, unlike in Dark Knight, where Joker's like, oh, I'm using you to get what I need. And Batman's like, I don't want to be part of this. Like, this one, Batman's actually, like, in the clip. He's really trying to leverage what Joker knows. So that, that I thought was kind of interesting, if they run with that dynamic, like you're saying. But Yeah, so. Yeah, but we'll see. Then we'll tell. That was the Batman. We'll see. But yeah, Angel, if you haven't seen the clip. If you haven't seen the clip, Angel, literally go on YouTube. It's it's just Warner Brothers, like, uploaded on, like, a random Wednesday a few weeks ago. So. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think that's it, though. Did yeah, I think that'll else? do it for this episode. It's been, yeah, what a journey. Like, like we said at the very top, it's been a minute. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Actually, I don't have all the uh, the housekeeping stuff in front of me. Oh. Right. Oh. I'm always happy to step in for this part. There we go. I love regurgitating things. Okay. So you can find us on all the podcast apps. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora, Amazon Music. Uh, I already said Spotify. And YouTube, um, RandomTown.com is the name. And we will be back in a week on the 20, pulling up a calendar, 24th, 23rd, 20 something of April with our next random, uh, 24th. I should have gone off my gut. With our next random Nintendo, where last week I said, I have no idea what we're talking about. This week, I think I could say we're probably talking about Sonic at least. And the rest is still a mystery. Uh, but yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter at RamNintendo, on Twitter individually, I'm JSR7. Kevin is KVNGOMI. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Um, so normally in Arnon's, I do the final word. Yep, but you I'm are still talking. taking us out. Wait, what? You are still taking us out. Take us out. No, that was it. Just wait, what? That was my ending. <laughs> that was all I had. <laughs>